Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right, just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking MTG, in particular the online client, MTG Arena. Yes, and this week is our happy hour for the Brothers War set. Uh, soon Phyrexia All Will Be One yes. is coming out in uh, February. So uh, we just wanted to say goodbye to the Brothers War before we... Well, we've already had a bunch of spoilers for the new set, but this is a good time to kind of say farewell. <laughs> but first, each week we both bring a beer. We drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of Bronze to Mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. This time we have a beer called Two Loons. It's an IPA. So there's two... It's 6.3%, and the can is just a really nice green with an orange logo, some... There are two loons cut out of it. Um, it's like a circle with two loons in it. I th There are two reasons that this is here. Reason number one is like the micro reason, which is that uh, we have a bunch of beers we've stocked up for the next few episodes. Some behind-the-scenes look there. And we just decided, okay, Jeff, you're just going to go pick one of your beers, and then Zach's going to go. So I don't even know what beer Zach's bringing for later mm -hmm. in the show. But he has a lot of really weird things to choose from. And so I decided, let's anchor this with just a regular, just an IPA. It's just regular. <laughs> I know Zach's going to look at some of these things. He's going he's gonna, to, you know, send us in its crazy direction. So I chose to, to keep it a little in the middle here rather than choose one of my weirder options. But the reason I chose this for the show in the first place is if you look on the side, it's prepared for Two Loons Brewing. It's actually brewed by CGBC in Toronto. I'm pretty sure that's Collective Good. Um, and Collective Good is like, I mean, I might be a little wrong about this, but back when I was into home brewing, you could go into Collective Good and like uh, basically brew your beer. So I think what they do is they help people who are just getting started and don't have the like upfront cost for a whole brewery and stuff. They contract that's their business models they contract brew out for those types of people mm -hmm. so i think two loons is probably like home brewers gone pro and this is their first beer and they're contracting out with uh collective good is sort of oh. i haven't visited the website but that's my guess just based on knowing what collective good is i think that's kind of what they do is they help you know young aspiring brewmasters enter the toronto beer scene by providing them with the uh brewing facilities they need that's awesome. Oh, how fun. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something about the ceremonial toonie, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I like that. I like that a lot. Very cool. This could be this could be us one day. Just kidding. I don't think we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. But maybe. Who knows? We could have arena regulars beer. Yeah. There. So <laughs> anyway, we have some magic news. The Arena Decathlon finals were this weekend. Um... Uh, today, actually, so we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in the next segment. The also we had the Arena Open, which was a Kaldheim sealed slash draft. So it's the day one sealed, day two draft. It's happening this weekend. Recording on Saturday today. Um, and uh, interesting. I just wanted to get your take on this. That we're doing these like Arena Opens that are flashback limited things. This is the second time we've had like a flashback draft format um 
are we liking this? Is it yeah. kind of weird? It feels a little weird to me, but... It's definitely weird. So you have to try to shake that off and see, is, like, is it good weird or bad weird? Yeah. Um, I think they'll get the numbers and the data on that, like how many people play in these things and, and whatnot. My take on it, my gut reaction is, like, if you're going to do this, it has to be something people freaking love and have been missing. This feels kind of random to me. Like, it's winter, so we did call time. Mm-hmm. Did anyone like Kaldheim Sealed? Like, I thought most people did not like it. I didn't like it. Um, I, I think some people did. They enjoyed the, like... I'm worried about my bias there, because I hated it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm obviously not going to play in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I know some people liked it because it was complex, but it wasn't... I, I didn't feel like it was complex in a good way. It was just everyone plays, like, five-color nonsense. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it felt like... I don't know. I... I think I'm okay with it. I, I, I think it's an interesting idea, um, which it, we're, we're going to come back to later, but it's an interesting idea to, to do this, um, especially because having like Brothers War sealed and draft could possibly be kind of boring because it's kind of at the end of its cycle. And so it's a weird time to have an arena open. What do you do? Right. Yeah, it did very much feel like, hey, call time was around this time. Plan better? Like... Yeah, it, a couple years ago. And this format, I guess some people liked it. Looking at people's lists, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to play this. Like, people were posting on Twitter, hey, I made day two. Right. I'm like, that's great for you. I don't really want to... It, 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 yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so we'll see if we get other ones in the future. Uh, I'm assuming so. so. Like, when they did Dominaria, I was like, that makes sense. You know, it's on theme. And people freaking loved Dominaria. Yeah. So... That made a lot of sense to me. This one makes less sense because I feel like most people didn't really like it. And the only thing that ties it is it's winter <laughs> right now, which yeah. is how you're going to do this every year. Is every year called time sealed <laughs> in January? Like, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's strong and tie-in. Is it just like, oh, this is the beginning of the Phyrexian story it was on call time? Maybe. Maybe that's the idea. Anyway, uh, seems strange but uh i hope anyone who's playing it is having a good time great good for you um there's also a kind of a weird crossover event that's happening that isn't really specifically magic or arena related but the um the moba game smite is going to have like a mtg crossover so our we get all these secret layers with like the walking dead and like street fighter or whatever now Another game is getting magic stuff, which I think is kind of cool. Um, so apparently it's it's like one of those, you know, um, League of Legends kind of games where you have your team trying to go in the lanes or whatever. But you could be a bunch of planeswalkers. So I uh, I don't know. I used to play Smite hmm. a little bit because I liked um, some of those styles of games. Not specifically League of Legends too much. But anyway, I did re-download Smite because I'm like... Let's just see what this is. Uh, I think it's for a limited time, so I don't know. I don't actually have a bunch of the details, but hey, if you're interested, go look it up. Um, I saw a lot of kind of buzz <laughs> about it. Check it out. Hey, maybe eventually we'll have like a good magic video game that isn't the card game because they failed a couple times. There was that one project that got scrapped recently. Uh, some other ones just don't work out, but this c- could possibly be a thing where we use the magic characters. I don't know. We'll find out. Who knows? It's as close as we'll get. Like, Smite's a well-received 
like people like it. Yeah. It's, it's been around a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I feel, and this might be just me not really understanding those games that well, it feels like designing a character for that game is a lot of work. So it's kind of surprising to me that this is going to be like a one-time event where you've designed all these characters. Because yeah. I guess you don't have to worry about them being that balanced. But I'm, uh, I'm assuming yeah. that they're basically reskins of other characters. So you, mm-hmm. you're just taking the abilities of other characters but just making them look magic-related. Which I'm kind of okay with because I haven't, I don't really play Smite. So even then, throw the skin in the game, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. anyway, um, that's kind of cool. Happy with that. But Jeff, let's move on to our first topic, which is the Arena Decathlon. We talked a bit about it in the last episode, but it came to a close today, and I have things to say. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Opinions. Opinions. Uh, but before I get into my opinions about this, um, Jeff, do you just want to talk about, I mean, you know, with the arena decathlon and, and, uh, did, did you make it to the finals? Basically, Have, were you able to, to participate? So basically I played in the first couple, uh, I played in the jump in, I got my, um, what do you call it? Token mm-hmm. for that. Then I played in mixed dominaria sealed and that was fun. I didn't end up getting a token from that cause, uh. I think I tried like three times. I just couldn't get there. It's hard. <laughs> After that, I didn't play in again until the end. A couple of things happened. Like I just was a bit busy, um, but also my brother-in-law was visiting from out of town oh. this weekend. So it kind of was like, oh, I'm probably not going to be able to play in that. Oh, anyways, cause gotcha. Busy. Like it was essentially today. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, pulled some of the fuel the the fire out from under me but i did still try i was like it'd be cool like just maybe i'll who knows maybe i'll squeeze some time in here and there and get to play a few games um and so on the last day i was like okay if i if i get the token in the both events then i then i'll have a master token i can decide later what i do and so i tried the omniscient spot draft which is maybe something we'll discuss later in your opinion section but holy <laughs> crap was this the worst thing i have ever played it's I, horrible i played it once and i was like i'm like no i'm not committing the time to get the token in this because i don't ever want to play this again <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, we, that we can worst like we we can talk about it because i yeah uh some of the formats are interesting with the the i don't know the decathlon events you do and i do like that you can kind of pick and choose which ones you like but like you were saying, once you get to the end, you're kind of stuck. And the last two events were ones that weren't mm-hmm. particularly ones I was excited about. And I had to play Omniscience Draft like six or seven times. And I I was Ugh. so tired of it. I was so tired. Because <laughs> the whole thing is you you yeah, like you just have it's... Omniscience from the beginning of the game. So like most of the format is just like you need draw spells and counter spells because you can lose on turn mm-hmm. one or two. So you have to... Yeah. Make sure you can, but then, I don't know. And some people were not clear about it. I played against some people who, like, still had lands in their deck and didn't understand. And so I'm like, oh, if oh, you yeah. play... I did not. <laughs> yeah, if you play a land on turn one, like a for, like a basic forest, I'm like, I'm sorry, you didn't understand what this was. And then they would just concede immediately when I played a bunch of stuff and drew my whole deck or whatever. So, anyway... Um, not a great format. I don't know. Do people like it? Uh, have you seen anyone who likes Omniscience Draft? 
it was just miserable to me, but... No. I I did not play against people who still had lands in their decks. I played against people who very much got the memo. Their deck was, like, 30 divinations and bombs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which is really boring, by the way. I thought they would be super fast, at least. I'd be like, you know what, this is kind of a dumb format, but whatever, it'll be fast. It was not fast. You just play out everything, and then you spend your entire... You, your turn takes 10 minutes because you're just drawing cards and then mm -hmm. playing stuff. And then you pass, and then there's this giant board stall. <laughs> it's just like, what is this ridiculous game? I also... I, I guess I should have read it. I didn't really read it. I just assumed I knew what it said, that, oh, you have Omniscience in play. Got it. I did mm -hmm. not read that you could uh, get the five mana... Mm -hmm. So I didn't take anything with activated abilities. And I also took counter spells that are essentially like Mana League style spells. Because they were, I thought they were essentially counter spells. Because nobody would be playing Oh, those. yeah. No, 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 no. But no. those turned out to They're be... They're useless. They're those absolutely turned out useless. to be awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that's partly me. I just couldn't even be bothered to read the rules of the format that I was jumping into. But I also, like, I just didn't see any divinations. I, didn't, I knew that I'd want to take anything that draws me cards... That's, that, that beats everything else. I knew that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see it. Um, and also, it just wasn't fun. It was just like... I thought, yeah, I thought it could maybe be kind of fun. And after playing, like, the first game, I was like, oh, this isn't fun. And then the second game, like, really hammered the idea home that it's not fun. And I was just yeah. like... All right, well, I, I, I would say I'm not getting a token in this because I'm not yeah. going to win this run and I'm not going to play again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I... There was a form of this draft in Ikoria, which was, it wasn't omniscious, but every card you played cost five generic mana less, but you still had to pay for all the colored parts of the cards. And I enjoyed that, because mm -hmm. at least you kind of knew what things were. But playing this, it's like, you have absolutely no idea what your opponent has. Like, you just, there's no clues to what they could possibly do. You're just like, you just play out stuff and then, hope it doesn't get blown up but it probably will or you just it, it's so impossible like it's just I, I don't like it I don't I don't like it yeah um and then my opponent slammed uh Narset part of the veils in my second game and I was like oh, oh. so I, I lose so I lose yeah. and you can do that in turn that's one. gotta be the best card that's gotta be the best card like yeah fuck. <laughs> <sighs> anyway um that wasn't even what I wanted to talk about, but that you reminded me about all that stuff. No, I was mainly wanting to talk about the finals now. Um, so the finals were today, and the format was mm -hmm. Duplicate Sealed, which we were talking about uh, seemed pretty cool. Like, what it is, everybody gets the same sealed pool, and there's a bunch of different decks that you could probably build in it, and it's up to you to figure out which deck you think is the best one. Um, now, in theory, it sounds pretty cool, um, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think it was good in practice. Uh, I think it was, okay. I think it was a failure. I was a little worried that might happen. Yeah. Um, two, two reasons. Um, the first reason is that in the pile of cards, uh, they had like, you know, you have a certain number of every color and then, um, it's like 120 cards or something like that. I don't exactly know. Um, and uh, there aren't any duplicates of anything, so everything's just singleton, which is totally fine. Uh, but the, one of the multicolored cards, because there's only like two for each color, is just Koma, the Cosmo Serpent. And you're like, oh, 
I should play this card because it's like one of the reasons why Kaldheim Sealed was right. such a bitch because that card was so it's, good. Uh, yeah, it's unbeatable. Yeah. Um, so I went into a spiral of like, all oh, right, well, I should play Simic. But then looking at the Simic cards, I'm like, okay, I need some help. So I'll have to play Sultai. And so I was going to play Sultai Ramp. And then mm-hmm. I was like, wait, that's obviously what everyone's going to play. So I need to play cards that can beat Coma because I'm going to run into Coma. And then I ended up getting into a rabbit hole and I made a bunch of different decks and ended up playing a really terrible one <laughs> and lost really badly. And, and which comes to, to coma. my, <laughs> I actually didn't lose to coma, but I lost to a deck that was playing coma. I just never saw their coma. Um, but, uh, I ended up playing like Mardu reanimator where I played a coma, but I was reanimating it. Cause I thought if I get mine out first, then okay. it'll be better. Um, and I reanimated a coma three yeah. times in one game, and they killed it the turn it came onto the board every time before I got a dude to make it like indestructible. It was so irritating. Uh, I was like, that person was ready for coma, man. Yeah, but it was also like you don't have that many removal spells. Like I know all the cards, so it's like you have like three in your deck that you could deal with it, and you had all of them in your hand every turn. So that was just. It just is what it is. Um, yeah. But it was just, it wasn't nearly as fun as I was hoping. Um, which comes to my second point is that the way that the finals was put together is it's like a one of their kind of uh, like traditional, not leagues, because those are more forgiving. This was like you, after, it's single elimination. So after one loss, you're just done. Oh. And so... Gotcha. You you can't there and there's no way to practice your deck. So like you you can make your deck and then I was like, okay, cool. I will craft all the cards and go play against Sparky to see if it like runs the way I want it to. But Sparky will not let you play limited decks against it. You have to play constructed decks that are 60 cards against Sparky. You can't play 40 card decks. And so then I couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. And I wasted a bunch of wild cards crafting this stupid deck. It was terrible. And it was just, oh, man, you found out after crafting? Yeah, because it, it was like, oh, you can't do it. I was like, okay, cool, I'll just craft them. That's fine, I don't care. And then I wasn't even able to mm-hmm. test out the four different decks I wanted to try. So then I was like, whatever, I'll just jump in. But then I was like, crap, I can't, I can't even like shift... I, I have to, if I want to play a different deck, I have to do it during sideboarding boarding in the middle of a match. I was like, this is terrible. Um, right. That was a bummer. And I think a lot of other people yeah, that's have felt that way too, of like, wow, the single elimination really, like at least double, please. And like, I don't know, make it five wins instead of four. But it was like, I didn't realize that when we were talking about the breakdown before about the finals, that it was so unforgiving. It was very, it felt very brutal. It was brutal. So anyway, yeah. I, I also think I talked myself out of playing the best deck, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah. it was, uh, <laughs> oh man, I, cause I was in our discord, yeah, like I, building I, the deck with some people. And then <laughs> later, um, one of our patrons, he was like, Hey, so how did it go? Like, what did you end up doing? And I was like, don't do what I did. <laughs> Play the best deck. He's like, okay, cool. <laughs> and Wait, then, Mardu. 
And then he went and played the best deck. And I saw he's like, Coma. I went Mardu. Yeah. But I played Coma still. It was still in my deck. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. I even, like, it was on the battlefield multiple times. My deck wasn't even... It, it worked. Anyway, I'm just sad. That's all. Oh, that's frustrating. It was a rough magic day. It, it sounds like a bad experience. I'm surprised it's single limb because one of the cool things about duplicate sealed is you could get your ass kicked by someone and be like oh what they did is really cool i want to go try mm. that and now you can't you just get to be like oh that person did a cool thing i wish i'd done that mm-hmm. <laughs> or like it's just over right after like part of the cool thing about duplicate sealed is you get to see what other people have done with it but by the time you've seen what other people have done with it it's too late now you're you're out so yeah. that's i think a big miss um the other thing is like when you decide to put coma in i understand where you're coming from you're like let's put coma in but not that much green blue support you have to decide do you want like a top heavy bomb centric deck that's not consistent mm-hmm. or do you want a more consistent deck you you have to put in a lot of answers for that bomb like you, you basically it sounds like they designed the pool in such a way that it entirely revolved around a single card and it's like, that's not the goal of putting in the bomb, mm-hmm. right? The Putting in the bomb is supposed to be like, you can go for this, but it's risky. Uh, you probably shouldn't, but it's like more fun. Or if you spike it, it's going to be better. Like, I think I like where they're coming from a little bit. But it sounds like they missed the mark on making the blue-green deck inconsistent enough to like, Coma's just so good that you have to make the blue-green deck really inconsistent. Or you have to provide the other colors, all of them, lots of ways of dealing with coma. Yeah. It sounds like they didn't really do either of those things. So then it's just kind of the whole format is revolving around coma. Yeah. There were like, there were four cards that exiled it, like really got rid of it. And two mm-hmm. of them were mono white. One was Azorius and one was um, Orsov. So then I was like, all right, I should play white. <laughs> that was like my, my takeaway. I was like, I think I should be playing right. white for the removal because then I have enough removal spells that could actually deal with it. But that didn't, uh, wasn't great. Also, Scavenging Ooze was in the uh, it, the, the thing, so Mardu Reanimator got pretty posed <laughs> from the fucking Scavenging Ooze. But, um, right. <laughs> though, but I will say like... But if you do it right, I could see it working where it's like... Oh, I'm gonna play Anticoma. I'm gonna play Esper Anticoma, and it plays all four of those exile yeah. cards and whatever. It's just you need to provide the incentive there. Like if you build Esper Anticoma, you'd better always beat or nearly always beat the Coma deck. The Coma deck. Because if and if that if it's like fifty five forty five, then just play the Coma deck. Like that, and I, I think that's what my mistake was. Four spells doesn't sound like enough. If they hit Coma, yeah. you're still dead. Yeah, because there were other, like, good green bombs that you still couldn't beat because they had the freaking, well, other, just other big green bombs. But the, like, green-blue archetype was just, it was, like, tokens. It was, like, the archetype from Modern Horizons 2, which was, like, you have tokens, and then your tokens can turn into other tokens or gain flying or, or weird things. So Coma was supposed to be, like, the token guy because he makes a bunch of tokens. But it was like, no, Coma just wins. Mm-hmm. Coma's, it's not like, oh, sweet. It's just the I win. It's just the I win card. Uh, anyway, so moral of the story, 
uh, don't talk yourself out of just playing the best deck that's so obvious. Because it felt like a trick <laughs> to me. But and that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's the thing about Coma in particular as the choice of the bomb they went for. Coma mm -hmm. is, if I play Coma and you don't have a removal spell in your hand that you can cast right now, you probably lose the game. Mm -hmm. Like, if it, even if you untap and draw the removal spell, you probably it's still lose. Because I yeah. what did I like? I'm up a three three on your removal spell, like, and that removal spell now has to be exile. And if it's not exile, like, there, it, it now has to be anymore. a very specific removal spell. It has to exile. Mm -hmm. And even then, I'm still up a three three. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's just. And if it takes one extra turn than that, I'm now up three three threes, and you're dead anyways. So, yeah, it's just I, it's the wrong bomb to choose. I think I understand kind of what you're going for. Let's choose a multicolor bomb. Let's make it inconsistent. Let's make everyone knows about it, so it's gonna be interesting. It's like the bomb you chose is too good, though. It's just it just wins, and yeah, uh, you needed to maybe tone down the the power level on which one you chose a little bit. Like if it's just kind of like a Bane Slayer Angel type card, it's like oh I could take two hits from this thing before finding the removal spell and still be mm -hmm. in the game. That's fine, right? But Coma is like it taps things down, it gets indestructible, it just makes a ton of three threes. It's just like there's no way to not lose the game if the thing's on the board for a turn so mm -hmm. uh, yep that's probably their design flaw i agree so i heard a lot of people kind of frustrated this i saw a lot of four no deck lists with coma in it um some without though there was a heroic deck that people were playing apparently and doing well with like feather and i, I saw that and storm chaser drake and i was like this is another trap <laughs> Like, how many traps are you putting yeah. in this pool? Like, I, it's I, your internal I, bias telling you. To, I, I was like, I, I shouldn't do this. I want to, but I shouldn't. I know I'm going to lose. So anyway, I went with a weird strategy that also is the losing strategy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, it doesn't matter. I'm going to lose no matter what. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy. Like you dodged those traps, right? Fell right yeah. into the, the treasure. The one that... Because <laughs> there are so many reanimator spells. I'm like, this is amazing. That I'm, sounds fun. Yeah. I was, and I was like <laughs> thinking of you. I was like, oh, sick. This will be great. I think if I do well, I could like show Jeff. And the other reason I'm so mad is because I was so close to like, because I, I just lost my first match. That's basically what happened. That's why I was sad. But I was like a turn away. Uh, like, that's the other problem with. I, I just, I was so, so very close. And they ended up dealing with, like, two of my huge threats the turn before I could kill them. And it was just like, oh, I could, it was, like, right there. But anyway, um, I'm still Yeah, like, I don't know how bad the Mardu reanimator plan is. Like, it sounds like you just got kind of unlucky that they hit all three removal spells right on time for Coma. Yeah, well, the part of the story I didn't tell you is that that game, I actually won. But, <laughs> um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just frustrating it just took a oh, really right. long time but uh and it wasn't i didn't win because of coma but the other games were just rough but anyway um i'm still overall i'm still happy that the arena decathlon is a thing and i'm happy that i mm -hmm. went through the all the weird formats and whatever to get to the finals i was just i wish we, we're not quite there yet. Last year, it felt like the finals were too long because you had to get like seven wins or something. And this year, it felt too short. Mm -hmm. 
because you didn't have enough losses to give. So little somewhere in the middle, somewhere, something, give us something else. Um, keep working at it, arena folks. At least we got the timing is better. So it's not like literally. They should have just done the tried and true like best of one seven wins run. Like for limited, nobody would really complain about best of one, I don't think, because that's what most people play anyways. Yeah, I think that they were trying to give you the opportunity because I saw that um, uh, Skylar, uh, uh, MTG streamer, she was posting that uh, she was having a great time uh, doing the classic win game one, side into a completely different deck for game two and three so that their sideboard plan is completely mm -hmm. ruined. Um, which, it was a draw for me, but, like, I would want it to be, like, I don't know, if you add a win, so five wins, two losses, something like that, instead of four and one. Yeah, I was going to say that's better. I, 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 yeah, I think I still come down on, I like the idea, but you know how they say, like, oh, um, how, like, your sealed pool doesn't actually dictate whether you win or lose. It's how what you do with the pool, um, which is probably still true because I did a stupid thing with my pool, possibly. Um, but <laughs> it wasn't... You did a bold thing. I did a, I did a bold thing. I just <laughs> thought too much about it, I think. Um, but I think that this experiment with like everyone having the same sealed pool wasn't nearly as wasn't as creative or interesting. It wasn't like, oh, you found that thing that worked really well. It's like, no, I saw that and it looked terrible and you also thought it looked terrible and we both didn't do it. Um, that kind of thing. So, because mm -hmm. like every deck felt like... Yeah, like were... maybe if they design it better, but it sounds pretty hard to design a good pool for this. Yeah, and, and you guess. can't also get lucky with like, oh, sweet, I got two or three of this good removal spell or this sweet like two drop you just don't so it's like all the aggressive decks to me look mm -hmm. like oh i have to play like more than two colors for any of the cards to really match up so this doesn't feel smart you know you can't none of your you never feel like oh well i have a lot of white cards and a lot of them are two drops this is going to be great for an aggressive deck it's like no you just you don't have a lot <laughs> you know so you have the same yeah. kind of handful of cards that are supposed to go to with the specific archetype and everything felt like it kind of had to be three colors to actually like do what you wanted to do instead of playing some off type cards. Anyway, it was, it was, uh, it was an experience is what it was, but anyway, probably, uh, give it a silver. <laughs> it was, I don't need it. I, yeah. I don't, I didn't love it, but I came in thinking it was going to be a diamond. So that's why, it that's it's probably ultimately like a that's high gold it. is what it really is but at this moment i'm feeling silver but mm -hmm. anyway ugh. do you have anything else to say about that i know i was just like shitting all over it um but do you have anything to say about the arena decathlon before you move on yeah i think like the way you put it was perfect like let's not think of this as you know, arena decathlon sucks or anything like that. Or uh, even I'd be hesitant to like throw away. Uh, what, what, what were they calling the sealed where everyone gets the same? Oh, cards. duplicate sealed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the when you basically what you said was like, we're not there yet. 
this is only the second iteration of the arena decathlon. We haven't got the perfect, like last time was too long. This time is too short. We're still iterating. And I'd say let's, that's the way I want to think about this because this is where they're like practicing. They're like testing stuff. They're trying mm-hmm. new stuff. They're, uh, they're putting it out there. I think they can iterate on a, the whole decathlon because I had some days where I just didn't feel like playing. Like I looked in and I was like, Oh, what's today? It's weirdo standard. I'm going to have to go build a deck for that. And then it's a draft format. I don't like, or like didn't, don't feel like playing or something. Or then there was one day where it was like, Ooh, it's Explorer, but I always play Explorer. Like that's what I always play. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish it was something else. Maybe some people are like, Ooh, Explorer, that's my format. I get to play. So I don't know what the answer is, but there were some days where I had logged in and was, had the intention of playing the decathlon and just, wasn't inspired by either format, which I don't know if you can totally avoid, but it happened a few times in a row. Like maybe it doesn't have to be all the same pool for everyone. Maybe it's like you have a base pool plus two packs or something like that, right? Like they can take this and start iterating on it Mm -hmm. and get to a place that's really fun. Uh, But also it really sounds like they, they took a really aggressive stance on the pool they made. Like it just like all singleton... I think if it were me, I would have just opened like 10 packs and been like, there's your pool. <laughs> like Everybody mm-hmm. builds the same pool, the, See, from and the same pool. Um, like that would be, I mean, how cool would that really be though? Because if there are certain rares, it's like everyone has to build into that rare. So maybe there's a way to fix it. But they did have like the the mana base but i would open 10 packs 100 times and i'd look at all of them you know oh that's true i'd say or 12 packs whatever we decide the number is Mm -hmm. i'd open 12 packs and be like i don't like the looks of that Mm re-roll 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 and then get one because then you get one that feels real Mm -hmm. first of all like to your point about it's just one of everything you don't get to stack three murders um but also like if you see a coma or something and blue green is also really good you re-roll it Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it feels like they were like, we have to design this thing that has a bomb, but it's risky to use that bomb. And then we put in answers for that bomb. And I think they, like you said, you overthought your deck. It sounded like they might've overthought this pool a little bit. The the pool. It would feel more organic if you just, if you just did like, I don't know what the number is, but 12 packs, say like a double sealed pool and Mm. validate it, check it to make sure it's not just a garbage pool where there's only one deck option. Mm -hmm. Um, like make sure there's a few different options in there and then the players will find other things themselves. I think that's what I had in mind when I was thinking of everyone has the same pool. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a little more like an actual limited pool than it sounds like this was. Yes. This, cause this definitely didn't feel like a limited pool because you had, I don't know you, when, when the screen pops up, it shows you like six random rares, I guess. And then underneath it says plus like 76 more. And you're like, okay, so there's a ton of rares, <laughs> you know, like, um, plus coma, yeah, plus coma. But like, they also show like, you know, you have a pretty good mana base, and you they did give the triumphs from Ikoria, but not from Nukapena. So it was like you could only play you, not that you could only play, because you could use a bunch of them. But anyway. The one thing with the pool, I know that I'm trying to stop talking about this, but the one thing with the pool is that there weren't any <laughs> alchemy cards or like rebalanced things. That was not part of it at all. There were Modern Horizons cards. Okay. Uh, so like historic legal stuff, but all of them were paper, had paper equivalents. There were no 
um, digital only things. So that was actually one thing I was kind of nervous about and happy that they, they went this direction instead of a uh, digital only kind of direction. So that ended up feeling good, which made it feel mm -hmm. different than the arena cube. So I remember we were talking about that and we were wondering which way they were going to go. So I think they made the right decision. On that. I, I agree. So some good things, some bad things next year, hopefully it'll be better and it won't start to get worse, but I talk to us next year <laughs> about what we think. That's it. I'm like, I'm still going to be like think next year when it pops up, I was going to say I'm going to be excited for it, but realistically I'm going to kind of forget about it. And then when it pops up next year, I'll be like, Oh yeah, the arena decathlon. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, even just going from this year wasn't during the holidays. Mm -hmm. It's like a big improvement. It's right? huge. So they're, they're moving this thing in the right direction. But with that, Jeff, should we go on a beer break and then we can get back to the brothers war and our final thoughts on that? Absolutely. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener. But if you want to support the show even more, well, the Patreon, that's the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by either buying me a beer or buying me a beer. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. And if you'd rather support with beer emojis rather than IRL beers, that's great, too. You can do so on the Arena Regulars Discord. The channel link is in the show notes. Okay, Zach. Ooh. What do we got? <laughs> um, this is a, a beer that's coming from a long ways away. When I was on holiday, uh, I got this one when I was over in Alberta. So this is a beer from Edmonton. It's from Analog mm -hmm. Brewing Company. It is called Dunkle Kong Country. And I think we actually talked about this beer a year ago, and I didn't pick it up, so I brought yep. it this time. Um, but it's, it's their Chocolate Banana Weissen. And uh, the can, it's all like, it's analog brewing, so all of the, uh, the beers are kind of like video game themed. So the cans are all in 8-bit mm -hmm. graphics. And this one has like the whole brewing staff in 8-bit and they're sitting on mm -hmm. the uh, Donkey Kong level where you're Mario jumping up the ladders and trying to jump over the barrels. Uh, that's what it is. And there's like a yeah. piece of chocolate and a banana around it too. There's a guy at the top who's going to be throwing that barrel, looks like. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and this is 5.5%. Uh, but yeah, chocolate and banana. Let's, uh, let's see how this goes. I mean, perfect name, right? It's like a... Banana Dunkle, kind of. So yeah. Dunkle Kong. Dunkle Kong country. Love it. Love it. Um, if you're ever in the uh, Edmonton area, go check them out. Their website seems pretty sweet, and the folks seem pretty awesome. Lots of Dungeons and Dragons kinds of jokes uh, all, through all their beers and different video game things. So right up our alley, really, honestly. D didn't we pitch this, the like nerdy brewing uh, company? They stole our idea. I'm pretty sure they have been working on it and had a lot more to do with it before us. But sure, yes, they stole our idea. Definitely. Let's not let's not look into that. Let's just assume they stole. <laughs> let's just our assume idea. that we're original. And <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, Jeff, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Brothers War with our happy hour, uh, okay. where we get to go back yes. and look at which cards we picked during our first sips to see whether they made an impact oh on the formats we thought they would. 
uh, or not. And then um, we'll kind of round it out with some of our favorites before we say goodbye and move to Phyrexia. Um, kind of Jeff, overall, the Brothers War. How did it? Uh, how did it feel to you? Uh, what are you? How are you leaving it? I think it was a pretty good set. I mean, the caveat that uh, you'll probably hear me say again throughout this whole thing is that I didn't play this set that much um, with the holidays just being busy and everything um, and also kind of moving to explore as my favorite format certainly recently where new sets impact it less I wouldn't say like I loved this set so much and because I, I just didn't experience that much of it I didn't get in as many drafts as I usually do I didn't play I don't think I played any standard uh since this set came out and usually I would have played a lot of standard. Um, but I, my general feeling is like, it's a cool set. It has a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, when I look in on standard or look at watch videos or anything, it seems like a reasonably healthy format. There's a few different top dogs with different options. Um, and a lot of the brothers war cards like are responsible for a lot of that. So I'm coming out of it thinking this was a good set, but not like feeling it because I didn't uh, experience it mm -hmm. as much as I normally would. Yeah, I think I have a pretty similar feeling to that as well. That uh, it's always hard when you have, especially now that they're doing this where they have a set that kind of comes out right before the holidays. It does make it difficult to right. actually experience it. Um, and that I have been playing a lot more Explore. All the same things that you said. Though... Mm -hmm. Um, from, I think a draft standpoint, I didn't love the draft format. Uh, I really liked the different mechanics that they brought into it. Prototype was cool and having on earth again, fun. Uh, and I liked that they made those parts of it colored while the other bigger cost or regular costs of, for the cards were, um, still like not colored, but it just didn't, I don't know exactly what it was, but it um, wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I liked, I think I just liked Dominaria United uh, like so much. And this just felt right, just yeah. different. And uh, I, I'm not always big on artifact sets. And some of the draft format kind of revolved around like getting retro artifacts that would replace themselves. A lot of the ones that just like you play and you just draw a card immediately and... I, that's not really the style of magic I like to play that much. And so if that's one of the best types of strategies, it, um, it's not as exciting to me. So I know a lot of people that think it's really great, but for me, it's, it's okay. It didn't feel bad. It wasn't like new Capena where it's like, there's a problem. Um, but right. it is kind of forgettable. I think a little bit to me. Yeah. And I think that, that just happens sometimes too, right? Like yeah. Personal preference does play a factor. And sometimes, you know, there's nothing you can point to about a format where you're like, I don't like this. But you're just like, oh, I just didn't love the yeah. format. Um, like I said, I didn't play it that much. Just from looking at stats or whatever, looking at videos, it seems like what we thought might happen kind of did happen where... Uh, Everyone's trying to do these big, cool things, and then it's like, Boros is the best deck, because it, mm -hmm. yep. it just... I don't have time for any of that nonsense. I'll just kill you. Yeah. Um, which, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I could see a lot of people not being super into that. Like, when, when they give you big toys to play with, it's always fun when 
you you feel good doing it. It's not like a oh I want to do this thing because it's cool, but it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like the prototype seems cool, but then it's like how often do I ever not cast it for its prototype cost? Like extremely rarely because I'm just gonna die otherwise. That's sort of like an outsider's view on maybe how it played out and why it seemed really awesome at the start, and then people might have got deflated on it a little bit. Cause yeah. The tools were there for aggro decks, which I think you need to do, otherwise you get this sort of Eldrazi situation where the format is all about haymakers, and that's not that fun either. But it is cool to do the big robot battling thing, which is what the set's about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh... That's what I feel with that. Let's just start looking at some of our first tips because I know a lot of our thoughts on the different formats will kind of come out while we look at those. Um, yeah. Jeff, your your layup, I think uh, I think it holds holds tight, strong. I chose Phyrexian Flesh Gorger. I'm seeing Deckless pop up without it. Um, like I think Grixis and Esper are still two of the best decks in the format that hasn't really changed i assumed this would like crack the lineup and i'm not sure if that's definitely happened uh i think some people play it some people don't i still would say this was probably you know it wasn't a clean right right through the middle of the bucket you know no rim i it kind Mm -hmm. of bounced around a little bit but i think it it ended up in there and i and i want to say moving forward especially if we hit rotation or anything like that. This is just one of the strongest options in standard. So if anyone played the, the, the rotation standard thing in the decathlon, like this card was everywhere. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think this one was, was, a, was a hit, but it wasn't like as clear a layup as I thought it was going to be when I, when I dropped it maybe. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen it around. And I still think it's great, but I think you're right that I haven't seen it as much but i'm not a it's it's not because the card's bad <laughs> i think that's what it is right like the, the card's still i was just thinking like black's the best color mm-hmm. this is the best black card there's it's gonna be good yeah there, there's so it always worked that way well there, yeah black's the best color and there's so many different options for black and we're getting even more they're just piling on the black there's so many good black <laughs> it's it's and that's love it. Yeah, it kind of leads into <laughs> my card, which is the um, uh, Siege Veteran, which is the sweet um, soldier card. And Azoria Soldiers, I, you know, I still think it's a deck that like has a space in standard, but it does feel like if you're not playing black, you're making a mistake. Like I came in really excited about the Soldiers deck. And I've been like slowly falling on it and it's not, I played more today to remind myself about it and it wasn't fantastic. And I'm like, oh man, I should just be playing Grixis because these cards are just all so good. So I I still think this card is great. And if there's ever a soldier's deck, this will be part of it. But... Mm -hmm. I'm not as high on soldiers anymore. I was really excited about it. I think I was really excited for a lot of things with the set, as I do with every magic set, because new magic sets are always exciting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, coming out much less excited about most everything, I think. 
Maybe it's just a, maybe I just having a bad magic day. I'm just down, <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're just a downer. I'm just sorry. Um, I'm a, I'm a downer today. So when I check playingstandard.com, it does list Azorius soldiers as it, it has nothing in S tier. So S tier would be like this is the deck you have to play, kind of, or you need a good reason not to. And then in A tier, it does have soldiers along with Grixis and Esper, and then also mono white mid range. Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience has kind of been just from like, again, I haven't played standard, but watching it or reading about it, that Azorius Soldiers is like a step below mm-hmm. the, the Grixis, the, the black mid range decks. That's particularly the... probably because I think Gri- Grixis has a good matchup against it. Mm-hmm. So, with Grixis being the most popular and kind of like de facto best deck, that's probably Azorius' biggest problem it's just like being slightly weak to the best deck yeah it definitely feels that way too so but overall i mean i think I'd, i'll give you a win on siege veteran for sure like this card without this card i think soldiers is probably laughable yeah i i also think that um part of siege veteran's strength is that it's a great card against control decks because of being able to replace your board when you're playing right. against the best decks in the format, they're not playing board wipes like that. They're just single target removing the Seed Veteran, and then you just you don't get nearly as much stuff out of it. And it and I don't know, it just doesn't feel as strong. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I have to play this. I think it's, it's die. still really strong, but it it's like it's no Luminar Gasparent, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just that the the two drop is a world of difference because it it basically means them having the removal spell already yeah. and ready to go, versus falling behind because they now have to spend their turn to answer it and like exactly you know, it it's like that one turn of tempo really changes things. It does change things, and um, yeah, it just hasn't super clicked. I'm uh, I'm you know I am also kind of lazy with my decks. I'm still going to be playing a soldier's deck because I I just do because it's in my collection it's just there um but i'm not uh love loving it i i will probably get a i probably won't play grixis i'll probably play esper but oh uh, yeah that, that's yeah. kind of my my thing um i'll be playing jund so jund <laughs> uh which brings us into our three pointers jeff i do want to hear what you think about this card now all right so my thoughts on this card are that I might be the only person who's played it. Are you? St- <laughs> I played this in a competitive tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the card? What is it? It's Transmigrant's Crown. I'm sure everyone knows what it does. Um, does anyone else play this card? Or am I the only one? Are you still playing it? I just know that when we were playing... Because you, you played it in the Pioneer <laughs> tournament. And during that process, you kind of said, yeah. I shouldn't be playing this card. Yeah, I would cut it... In the metagame that we were in, like, yeah, it wasn't mid-range wars. It was excellent against Rakdos in the mid-range battle, mm-hmm. but it was very bad everywhere else. So I, that's why I would cut it. I would play maybe a sideboard copy, or I'd play it if I thought mid-range was the thing to do. And in standard, mid-range is the thing to do, but I think the, it looks like the, the Anvil deck just didn't get there in standard because I'm not seeing it show up anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only place you would see this. So, for those who don't remember, this is like the 
they call it fixed skull clamp, but it's like, yeah, it's it's very bad skull yeah, clamp. Yeah, it's skull clamp at home. Um, but yeah. it's the equipment. Yeah, exactly. It's skull clamp at home, exactly. So I would say I missed this three-pointer, but uh, I am not upset that I took it because this is my kind of card. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think if, like, the Anvil deck turned out to be a standard player, this would at least be in the 75. Mm-hmm. I feel similarly because my three-pointer was Mishra's Research Desk, which was kind of a flash in the pan. I also love that card. Uh, yeah. But also f- fit in that deck and also doesn't see play because that deck isn't really playing. Um, so yeah. I, I don't feel bad at all. I... I still like that card, but it's just not being played because that deck has been kind of edged out. So I, I even think it's still being undervalued. I think it's just a good card and more people should be playing it. But there's just so much power in standard that, you know, you only have so many slots in your deck. Yeah. Half-court shots. <laughs> yes. Some of these, like, I forgot what I wrote down, and I'm like, why did I? Why did I say that? Well, I think I scored mine. So. Yeah. Go for it. I chose Cityscape Leveler, and uh, there's a deck in Standard that has been on the rise recently that's just Is It Ramp, and it just ramps into this thing. <laughs> and it's like a pretty solid deck, and it was actually really good in the, uh, whatever that challenge, the last challenge of the, mm-hmm. uh, but the cutting kind of edge. Like pre-rotated Standard. Yeah. Cutting edge, yeah. They played the last um, three sets, yeah. Yeah, is it, uh, I think they're calling it, like, is it Power Stones, because it plays Mm. the Power Stones, but, yeah, this is just a card that people are playing in a legitimate Tier 2 plus standard deck, so I think for a half-court shot, that's about as good as you can expect. It's pretty good. They even have it in the Karn board in Explorer for... Uh, green, take, green I would have taken that as a win. That's a win. Just that. That's but. a. I think that's a huge win. Like you're, you're taking up one slot in the best deck in Explorer. Come on, like, that's. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, and I specifically said I'm not trying to reanimate this. I just, mm-hmm. I'm literally just trying to cast it. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. We're just casting this. Just cast it, because when you reanimate it, it's not Which nearly both as decks good. Are doing. Because it doesn't blow something up right, right. away. Yeah. Um. I, however, picked Draconic Destiny, which is that red enchantment that uh, you probably don't remember what it is. What the hell is that? Exactly. Nobody plays it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we don't really have any... The red deck I was hoping would be something is not uh, anywhere. So that didn't happen. Um, This this card is uh, not being cast. I think mono red aggro is pretty good, right? Isn't it? In standard, it's like probably not tier one. Not using this card. I've been I've been seeing it. Yeah, it plays like um, the dig site, whatever that that two drop that this. It's because of this set plays the two drop. That I can picture the arch, but I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, Felden, uh, excavator. Felden, yes. And some people are are claiming there's a mono red mid range deck in the format, but it's just the aggro deck that plays Jaya. And I got really excited. I was like, ooh, big red or mono red midrange. Love it. And then it was just just aggro. I don't know if it's good necessarily, but people are playing it. That's for sure. So didn't get my enchantment in there. But, oh, well, I should just give up on enchantments. <laughs> I mean, I've been telling you that for years. I know. I was just going to say, let's get to our overrated cards that make us all feel a bit better about our choices. Because I think uh, 
no one would say that we were wrong about these cards being overrated yeah i think so i chose over the top you might be like what card is that and that's my point but this card was hyped up like crazy when the set first dropped everyone was like the busted over the top deck like get mythic instantly easiest you know combo deck and i was just like this card is so so bad guys please do not craft this with your wild cards yeah and i think those decks have proven proven themselves to be memes like it's not a you know i'm not patting myself on the back for a genius call here i think my intent was more hey this is a meme deck we probably all know it's a meme deck sometimes meme decks turn out to be real let's let's not waste our wild cards though until we're sure and uh this meme deck was not real yeah thank god i i i still haven't read this card <laughs> i couldn't Don't bother. completely forgot about it um and then yeah. my overrated card was diabolic intent which also has seen mm -hmm. no play everyone was getting excited about this sacrifice tutor and standard it's not that good yeah if i'm saying a card like this isn't good you know it must really suck because <laughs> yeah this is exactly the type of card i should like so there you have it we're smart <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> Genius. uh, geniuses uh going to our underrated cards i'll go first uh with my fantastic pick of audacity um it's still underrated <laughs> this, this deck is coming together slowly uh <laughs> because then can you remind me what this card does i don't even remember this card at all audacity it's like rancor um it, oh right it's yeah fixed rancor. it's fixed yeah. rancor quote unquote but yeah we're getting another <laughs> card for the deck i want in the next set we'll talk about it at some point yeah. but this simic enchantress deck that's gonna have a poison sub theme mm -hmm. it's coming I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for okay. it. Okay, Audacity is to Rancor as Transmigrant's Crown is to Skullclamp. No, Audacity is like better. That's how big a downgrade it is. No, 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 no. Audacity... It's, it's a similar downgrade. It's much closer to Rancor than... Because it's much closer. It's much... Yeah. You got no respect for the crown, man. No. I... Yeah. I, I don't you're like correct yeah yeah correct. you're right <laughs> uh, well. so i love i love that because my underrated card is in an extremely similar position and i stand the fuck by it mm -hmm. blanchwood prowler it is it is satyr wayfinder at home but you know it is closer to satyr wayfinder certainly than audacity is to rancor uh yeah but by like a card in yeah, the up basically <laughs> but in the upcoming set we have a lot of stuff that cares a lot more about self mill so i'm really excited like i haven't really played with this card that much um because i haven't been playing that much standard but with the new set i'm gonna i'm really excited to start brewing with this finally because it just felt like there wasn't that much support for milling yourself at in current standard which is what a card like this card needs that because it it has to do all of those things right it has to give you a body it has to help you find your lands but it also you need to care that your graveyard is filling up if any one of those is missing it's kind of like why are you playing this card mm -hmm. and so 
now the trifecta is there once we can start actually carrying the stuffs in our graveyard. So I'm excited. This card continues to be updated, <coughs> in my opinion. And I think moving forward, um, you could I could build some real solid jank with this thing. Mm -hmm. It does seem sweet. I think that its strength actually kind of uh, dwindled once they added Seder Wayfinder to Explorer. So then you could just play Seder Wayfinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> you're never gonna play this in yeah. Explorer unless you are so interested in the card that you want like Seder Wayfinder five and six or something. I think and right? but um, Abzan Greasefang might be interested in that. So uh, hmm. I think I might have seen it on the battlefield in Explorer playing against that deck at some point. I almost audibled to a Pioneer deck for a tournament that was called Eight Finder that was just Sultai with four Wayfinders before these. And I decided not to, but looking back on how we performed in that event, I may as well have. So. Yeah, well, you know, there's another one coming up in February, so maybe we should just jump into that one. Yes, I can play it there. Yes, exactly. There Eight Finder. <laughs> I'll play Rogues and we'll both lose. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll see you in the O three 3 bracket, sir. Yeah, and I'm going to lose to you again. <laughs> uh, I'll put up a fight, though. Um, anyway, Jeff, uh, do we want to talk about I, some... I got to say, I always love the self-mill versus mill uh, matchup. Oh, yes. Rose wants to mill me, and I want to mill me. That's yeah, fun. It is, <laughs> it is fun. I Whenever I play Rogues and Explorer, playing against the... Um, Grease Fing deck is always like, okay, I want to mill a certain yeah. amount of cards, but then I kind of want to stomp, but then like I need to cling the specific cards I want out of your graveyard. It's a very, it's a little dance. Yeah, it's like very fun mm -hmm. to try to navigate. Um, yeah. Anyway, Jeff, do you want to talk about some of our favorite cards from the Brothers War? Maybe four different categories, but the categories I'm looking at right now may not necessarily be ones that I'm actually going to talk about. Um, so that's, that's yeah. that. Uh, but let's start with limited because that's the first way we play any format. What is one of your favorite limited cards from the Brothers War? All right. I think I spoiled this by like telling you during the break, asking you for the name of the card. But, uh, surprisingly, the card I'm going to go with for my favorite limited card is Combat Thresher. Because uh, when I first saw this card, I was just like, all right, it's like a 3-3 three, three double strike, could be a 1-1. One, one. And then I was like, well, I'm just like, draw a card. Draw a card? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. And then I just loved this card. Um, I don't know if it's good, actually, or as good as I thought it was. But I, like I said, I didn't play that much of this format. And when I first played, I was like, this card's awesome. And then it performed for me. And then when I did the... Um, whatever it was called, it was like Dominaria, Dominaria United and Brothers War Sealed. Mm -hmm. um, I got a couple of these, and in the earlier sets, there's all those uh, flyers that lift other things into the air. And so I was really like, and like, I was buffing this and then lifting into the air and smashing for like eight, and it replaced itself. And I was just like, yeah, fucking Combat Thresher, winning me every goddamn game. Um, just, just... Yeah, I, I think this card is probably not that good, but I loved it. So I have I had to choose this one for my uh, limited all-star of the set. Combat Thresher was definitely one of my favorites as well. And one of my picks, as I quickly scrambled to find uh, another one, um, <laughs> but I, I, I did love it because 
it's like all the things I ever wanted is like, what was that dwarf, the two one on the ground that drew a card uh, from, I think the Dungeon yeah, yeah, Dragon yeah. set. It's like that, but it has Great double card. strike. And anytime a card. It would like gain you life just for no reason. Yeah, well. just like, one yeah, life. Yeah, gain a life too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but being able to, uh, well, first of all, any card that has double strike on it that doesn't cost very much, I'm always really excited because it's prime to put some like uh, enchantment or equipment on it. I love it. Or it really. Of course. Anytime it, it can really hold a good combat trick, like the set that has giant growth and combat thresher is like, mm, love, love that combination. Yeah. So Chef's nice. kiss. Yeah, perfect. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, I'm going to play Boros. I'm going to lift it into the air and then I'm going to trumpet blast this motherfucker. Yeah, that's yeah. also <laughs> super nice. Um, for my favorite one, because that was one of my picks, but this is another weird card that I often would see go around and be like should i be playing this card i don't really know but i do like it a am lot. am i the only one that likes this yeah, card? and i think i might <laughs> i don't know if i really am but um involuntary cooldown it's a blue card uh it's the one that taps two creatures oh, or man. artifacts and then it puts two stun counters on it two stun counters i remember that being like so much more important than i thought and the amount of times where I just completely lost games where I'm like in a winning position and someone plays this on me and I'm like, oh shit, I lose now. Like I can't. Yeah. Though, oh, it's over. I like spent all my, my entire game plan is to put this big or these two big creatures on the battlefield and now they don't untap for two turns and it, there's just nothing. Um, so this is often one of the yeah. cards that I would see get passed around and be like, should I be playing blue? If I see this like seventh pick, I feel like I should be playing blue. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Yeah, like, this card is crazy powerful. Like in the late game, this is a a two like a double removal spell. Basically, because yeah. the game's not going to last three turns. So, mm -hmm. like, this is just I win a lot of the time. And then it also has that other side of the coin where it's like you go one drop, two drop, three drop, tap both your creatures for essentially three turns because i'm tapping them now and then they don't untap twice mm -hmm. um it's like man you you better have a good hand or you're dead yeah <laughs> like, uh, anyway uh with that also saying like i'm so happy we have stun counters and we can just say that now i, yeah. I hope they keep it up yeah. and just like stun counters is i mean great technology for the game yeah it's great technology I'm a little sad it's not doesn't have anything to do with ice or frozen, but it makes more sense and it can fit in more sets as yeah. a stun counter. But yeah, they used to always like this used to always be icy kind of stuff, and that's mm -hmm. the reason we're like, oh man, it should be a, a ice counter or something. Um, but stun counters does. I, I acknowledge that stun counters make sense. Though you can see in the art that there seems to be ice around this thing, so. Uh, they're still using I think ice. they still throw us those bones yeah, yeah. so thank you but uh, yeah I understand that not every set can have an ice I don't know thing that happens something can't be frozen in ice at every plane though so, yeah know. we'll find out this is our desert plane uh, Amon Cat and uh, yeah. everything's frozen so Jeff as we haven't really played a lot of standard or alchemy or historic we've mainly been playing explorer so I think we should probably just talk about our favorite um like brothers war cards that have made it into explorer now 
besides like obliterating bolt, which is a removal spell that they're using a lot. Um, I think yeah. the card that I was surprised to see, but then after I saw it, I was like, oh, why was I surprised at all? Um, mm-hmm. Is Portal to New Phyrexia, which is another one of the... Or no, it's just Portal to Phyrexia. Sorry. My apologies. Um, this is wow. one of... Yeah, I know, right? Uh, this is one of the cards in the green Karn wishboard that I see a lot. Uh, and it always comes at the most inopportune time, and I'm always upset to see it. But I'm happy that it actually made it into Explorer at all, um, just because you, that doesn't always happen. And, you know, it's good that the cards in Explorer are artifacts, and this is an artifact set. So it's great to be able to be like, yeah, hey, that artifact site did have artifacts that cracked into the, you know, bigger format. Um, so... The portal is my favorite in a sense that it's a big splashy card I was excited for when the set came out. I don't play it and I hate when it comes down, but I still like that it's a nine mana artifact that can be played in this format. Um, even if it's like kind of cheating, like it feels like a little, it's a little bit of cheating um, because of Karn. But that's the thing about wish boards that I think uh, is undervalued. Like by the community, people you know, people always argue, oh, wish boards so lame because like, you get around the deck building cost of putting a bad card in your deck mm-hmm. or a situational card in your deck or whatever, and it's like sure, but another way to look at that is that cards that would just never see play otherwise, actually, find their way into the competitive landscape in a meaningful way. It's like I'm sorry, but this card is just not worth. Like, you talk about, oh, it lets you skirt the deck-building costs. Like, but this card is just not worth that deck-building cost. Mm-hmm. It will never be worth that deck-building cost. So what, should this card just be banished for all time? To, or is it, like, there's still a trade-off. You're still taking up a sideboard slot. Mm-hmm. You're still using, so there is still a deck-building cost. It's just diminished. Yeah. And so I think that's, like, a really good thing. And I think the mono green Karn deck exemplifies it perfectly that every few new sets, the deck changes, even just a card in the sideboard. But like, as you say, it's meaningful because uh, you said inopportune. I'm sure the Karn player thinks it's at the most opportune time yeah. that this card shows up. <laughs> but it's like, you lose to this card. That's a real thing. You lose to Portal to Phyrexia in Explorer. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that would never happen without wishboard kind of technology. So. I understand both sides of the argument, but I think too many people like brush it off as just a bad thing uh, when it doesn't have to be. Yeah. No, I think that's a great... I've never had someone explain to me why a wishboard could be good, so thank you for that, because I right. <laughs> can be fairly firm in the fuck that, but I just don't really play those decks because uh, they play a lot of one-ofs. I don't love playing decks with one-ofs because there's too many lines to take. Yeah. And I'm I don't like <laughs> thinking about that. So yeah, man, the decision trees really branch off. Yeah, they really do. A bunch of one ups. Um, I would say this was a big sort of, I wouldn't say epiphany, but like something I reconsidered and thought about again, uh, when I started playing a lot of the Teamer Adventures deck, mm-hmm. and that was like a thing. The brief period where that was a good deck, um, because that was like that was extreme, where your entire sideboard was a wish board. Mm-hmm. And you had you did you didn't sideboard anything, 
And so it was just like, it's kind of fun that all of these cards that would otherwise just not be good enough to play are in here. Mm -hmm. I I have a renewed faith or renewed, uh, perspective opinion on on wish boards. Yeah. Perspective. Exactly. Now, I don't know any, uh, too many other cards that have actually squeezed their way into Explorer short of maybe a few other cards that are sometimes played in in the modern (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do is, well, one card that I haven't actually seen, but I think is reasonable is Obstinate Bayloth, because many times there's discard, like you side this in and in case your opponent <laughs> tries to make you discard stuff. Um, but that's kind of lame. So what I'm going to go with is a card in classic me fashion, a card that I love that I wish would crack Explorer, but I think probably won't. And I'm going to go with Fauna Shaman for that. Because this card is so cool. I love Fauna Shaman. It, the reality is, it's probably just going to die. So the fact that it doesn't do anything... Like, generally, creatures that don't do anything immediately aren't just aren't good enough anymore in modern magic. But I love, like, creature-based combo decks, toolbox creature decks. And this is exactly the type of card that deck wants. So um, I'm sitting over here, like, crossing my fingers that I can build a Fauna Shaman deck uh, and not get laughed out of the place. So this is my favorite Explorer card from the set. Mm-hmm. So do you think... I know we haven't talked about any, like... We're not really talking about the new set, but this Fauna Shaman deck, <laughs> are you going to be playing Tyvar? In the Fauna Shaman deck, I think I think you know that I. Yeah, am. I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive. <laughs> I was uh, setting that up pretty well. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> you know, if only it had. I should have said if only it could activate this ability as though it had haste. Mm, interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen the new uh, the Planeswalkers that have been spoiled for the set, uh, that Tyvar can can let uh, creatures like Fauna Shaman activate the turn they come down. So. Much better, much much better. If you don't have to wait the whole turn, because yes, this yeah. card will will die immediately if if uh, you can't do that. Jeff, I think we should just jump to favorite art because that's one of my favorites. Really is. Um, yeah, it's also one of the hardest ones, man. It There's is so much good art. It is pretty hard, but I think I have mine pretty locked and loaded. Um, so I'll just start going while you're still thinking. Um, sure. I outside of like retro frame stuff, which is awesome, but like the art isn't really changed, um, or alt art things. Uh, I do love all of the commands and the lands. Those are all great. Those are all very classic ones. But one of the cards that every time I see it, I want to take it in a draft because the art is so nice, and then I remember the cards fucking unplayable and horrible. But I love the art on this card. And that's Calamity's Wake, which is just Urza standing okay. by, like, it's the um, Ice Age's starting. It's after he, like, uses the Silex to, to dis- destroy Mishra and, and end the war. And the snow is falling. Uh, it's a very peaceful uh, scene. And the rest of everything else is just, like, battles. So it, it it feels very jarring uh, when you're looking at all the cards at once. Um, just like the colors are kind of different. It's very white. 
but I always see this and it's always at the top of my screen because it's an uncommon that hasn't been picked yet in the back. So it's always right yep, at the yep. top. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to take it because I think the art looks so nice. Um, but I, I just, I just can't obviously, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it literally does nothing. Um, it gets rid of their unearth cards, I suppose. Yeah, basically. Yeah, this the other thing that I think about this art is like, it feels old school to me. If you put this in the old frame, like told me mm -hmm. this was an old card, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. That mm -hmm. looks like the type of art that Magic used to make. Um, and I don't know. I know that's a little like intangible. I always describe it as like Magic art has gotten a bit more comic booky. A little more 3D, yeah. like a little more shine and gleam. And this looks like it's still it still has depth, but you can see the back landscape looks like a almost like a pastel painting kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I think this looks like a really old school art, and I tend to gravitate towards that because it has that nostalgia factor for me. Mm -hmm. um, Less like digital feel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Less. Yeah. The 3D digital kind of comic book stuff um, which is still like awesome amazing art but uh yeah just personal preference i love your call out of the um command i particularly like mishra's command i just think the art on that is really nice um, but all of the commands look really cool mm -hmm. i think kind of going you know i'm just gonna go with uh with gix i really like the art of gix uh, just like this big fiery portal and all his supporters like bowing to him as he comes out. I think this was like truly fitting of the buildup that Gix kind of had as his card. Because uh, he's like the been the big bad since, you know, almost the origin since of, ever, of yeah. magic. They, f they finally like make a card about him. And I think this, you had to do something epic for him even if the and i think the card is actually pretty good um but like you can't always make the card itself dominant so you have to make them epic in some way and i think they did a good job with that art here so mm -hmm. yeah i really like this piece because i think it just matches the importance of the, the character yeah and i think um similarly to the one i picked the the use of red in this and the swirl feels different than the rest of the card. So when you're going through things, it stands out, which is really nice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially the black cards, right? Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> the black looks... cards are all really dark and black with some blue in it. And mm -hmm. then this one's all red, red. And orange and yellow. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. I also think that this card's going to get better with the new Kaito, I think. So mm -hmm. um, excited, excited for that. But uh, kind of closing in on our like final thoughts for the Brothers War, just in general, I just, uh, I had one real thing I wanted to say to you. And I want to say, um, was this set busted? Did it, was it busted in half? Was it broken? Uh, I don't know because I didn't play it, but uh, <laughs> probably, yeah, it's an artifact set. <laughs> Has Wizards learned how to make an yeah. artifact set without breaking it in half? Maybe. I'm gonna, definitely going to say I'm not, I'm not ready to answer that one in the affirmative. Okay. But I can, I, can, uh, 
I can admit that this was this set wasn't busted. It had a lot of good stuff in it, but it was not a not a busted mm-hmm. set. We we didn't run into a lot of the same issues that we did with Kaladesh or any of the other like Mirrodins in the past. So I was right. I I said it wasn't going to be busted, <laughs> and it uh, wasn't busted. So they learned their lesson. I think. I'm pretty positive. I feel pretty good. About I, I don't know. I'm not, I need them to, to do it again before I'll say they learned their lesson. Yeah. You know, this could have been luck. <laughs> I mean, like, I think they, they might've, I think they, they did a really good job and the way that they fixed it was making it. So the, the draft format didn't give a shit about uh, the artifacts, but yeah, you know, <laughs> um, there, there's some tweaking to do on, on artifacts that's still yeah it's still it's still in the tweaking stage but uh they didn't go so far as to make a bunch of unplayable artifacts so they just uh they're you know hey magic's getting really good at making sets so um even yes. though i was kind of poo-pooing this one a little bit as far as like the limited format um as far as like the actual set is concerned like i really like Honestly, if, the ideas that they have and they're putting forth. So yeah, like honestly, if you take this limited format back three years, are we unhappy with it, or is it just like fine? It's a pretty good. You know, that's the thing you kind of have to do these days. Like you know, back when they were making stuff like Ixalan, mm-hmm. would we have been like, man, Brothers War kind of fell short. <laughs> I Brothers War of the sets that came out last year is definitely not the worst. It's probably this. Mm. It, I probably like Dominaria, Neon Capenna's Dynasty. Gotta be the worst. Brothers War and format. New Capena is the bottom. Yeah. Um, so yeah. as long as it's better than New Capena, then I'm like, then that's great. You know. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's fine. <laughs> it's not great, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I could probably come back and and play it though. I'm not uh, itching to. <laughs> Which means they'll probably remaster it and release it in like six months. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> they should just do like a you know Mirrodin remastered and do a bunch of old Mirrodin cards. And I would love that. Yeah, I would love that so much. Right? <laughs> Where they actually put the color on the um, the artifacts uh, mana symbols, so that you see that the artifacts activated Oof. abilities are. Uh, like require a color and aren't just artifacts yeah, yeah that'd be nice which i didn't realize for years years i didn't realize that there wasn't any color in those text boxes that's a weird uh, design decision or whatever it was a weird decision. it was a weird decision and it screwed up drafters a lot and like really really fucked things up yeah was- anyway i'm glad we are in the place that we are and with this like kind of saying goodbye to the Brothers War. I'm super hyped for new Phyrexia because uh, I like me some Phyrexians and things are looking cool. Oh, man. Previews look awesome. They look pretty sweet. And I think they fixed some other things that were broken from before. And then we're getting a lot of fixed things that were really good ideas executed badly. So... Primarily Phyrexian. Reprint mana. Gataxian probe. Reprint Gataxian probe. No. Reprint Gataxian probe. All these free spells. Let's free spells. Yeah. No. They fixed it. They've learned that it shouldn't be free. Yes. <laughs> it should cost something and then other things can be free or close to free, but 
the cards and then, themselves. And then they, they, they've basically, I mean, we should talk about this next time, mm-hmm. but they've basically learned to use Phyrexian mana as fancy kicker. Yes. It's like, yeah, you can pay it this way or the other and it's kicker, which way you choose. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so flavorful and so much better than before. You know what? They've learned a lot. They know how to make magic cards. So we can be really nitpicky, yeah. but in the end of the day, I've had two beers, so I'm feeling a lot better about magic now, and uh, it's great. It's uh, good. <laughs> That's right. That's all it needed. Yeah, That's it's all it needed. Uh, but with that, Jeff, let's go to last call and rate these beers. Let's do it. Of the night. Yes. So as always, we rate our beers on a scale of bronze to mythic. Uh, just like the tiers in Arena, but this has nothing to do with whatever tier you are in currently because the tiers don't matter. We just have fun with them. It's a good way to rate beers. But with that being said, bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. We've never rated a beer bronze on the podcast so far, but maybe tonight's the night. Silver. These are basically just uninteresting. Uh, your macro brews tend to fall here. Gold beers are fine, but you don't really think about them very often, and they're just they're beer. Yeah. Platinum are solid. You would drink this again. Diamond beers are exceptional. They're ones that you like quite a lot. You have them in your fridge most of the time, and you bring them to parties to show your friends. And Mythic, these are the absolute best of the best. You would go out of your way to get these. Uh, you would recommend these to anyone who will listen. These are just your favorite beers. All right. Do you have your beer for, do you know which one you're going to pick? Mm, I think so. I think I know two. Three, two, one. Dunkle Kong Country. Mm. Okay. All right, so we picked our own beers. Uh, yeah, classic. It's pretty classic. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about Two Loons IPA. Yeah, sure. I thought it was um, pretty good. Like, it just kind of hit the mark on what I was expecting. It doesn't promise a lot, right? The can just like, hey, I'm an IPA. Mm-hmm. And then you drink it and you're like, yep, that's an IPA. Um, it didn't have any big, bold flavors really that I remember. It wasn't like the, one of those punch you in the mouth kind of IPAs. It was really just, I'm a pale ale and I'm a little stronger than, you know, is classic for that style. I think it was a little bit sort of juicy, um, but nothing too out there. So, I mean, given that, for me, it's it's platinum. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like a well-made beer, and it's a style that I like, but it didn't push the boundaries on anything or do anything awesome. So um, it's just like a solid beer that I would drink again. Yep, definitely. It's in that category pretty yeah. firmly. I feel like it's very firmly platinum. It tastes like an IPA. It's a good IPA, but... Uh, yeah, other ones taste similar to it, but good job um, to our to our yes. homebrew folks. This tastes like a beer I would buy. I would have another one. Great job. As I give <laughs> the worst compliment, but possibly a good one for you. I don't know. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Backhanded. Oh, you could sell this um, as you're selling your beer right yeah. now. Uh, but platinum. Nice. Uh, Dunkle Kong Country. Mm-hmm. This beer, I didn't know what to think, and banana is not a flavor I like very much at all, actually. However, for some reason in this beer, 
the first couple sips, I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what's going on because it doesn't taste like chocolate very much. It's very banana-y. But as I went through it, it went down very quickly, and I was hoping for more at the end, and I was like, huh, I didn't think I was going to like this that much, and I ended up liking it a lot more, uh, so much so that I wish I had more, like I just said, so I'll probably have to say diamond. I like this. I'm going to have more when I go back. Like, I want to get this beer again, um, because most of the time, something that tastes this way is, I'm just, I'm never really interested in it, but it wasn't as weird as it, it as it felt originally. Yeah, definitely. I have very similar feelings about it. Um, I think I'm probably less sensitive to the banana flavor than you, so I didn't actually think it was overpoweringly banana <laughs> at the start. Um, but I have a similar thing where I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a banana dark beer. And then I just forgot about forgot it and just started drinking it and drank it quickly and was like, Oh, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm just going to leave it at platinum. Um, but I think most pretty much all of what you said still rings true. Uh, it's just that I think if it, if it gave me more of that chocolate and I got a little more of the, like the dunkle aspect of it, that, you know, for sure for sure coming yeah it doesn't really have the dunkle then, feel. then i'd be with you on on diamond but like i definitely got banana the most out of the three things that they promised i, I feel like they maybe didn't deliver as strongly as they could have on the other two things yeah they promised. for sure i guess when i was thinking about it i was thinking just chocolate banana so it's like oh there's only two things and then i got one of them right yeah. uh i wasn't thinking about the dunkle because i wouldn't I would never give this to someone to be like, this is a Dunkle. This is what Dunkle's is like. No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> right. But I did like it, and I have I was worried about actually drinking this when I was visiting. I was like, I'll just get one because I might hate it. Um, and I'm, I kind of <laughs> wish I had more. That's so weird. Um, anyway, I am very... It was a lot better than I thought it was. It's a lot be better than I thought. Point. I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> it could be horrible. That's why I said the thing about... Um, right bronze earlier but uh who knows maybe one day we'll find a bronze beer on the show but we tend to stay away from them that's right it's rare to encounter one but when you do encounter one in the wild you don't want to bring it on the show yeah exactly. i don't want to drink it again um yeah but i do want to force jeff to drink one so maybe that'll happen at some point that's right yeah, yeah. Mm. just as i'll hype you up on a beer for like weeks and then i'll bring it in and then you'll be like what the <laughs> fuck is this i'm like gotcha bitch <laughs> yeah if this is what you think makes a good beer we gotta we gotta cancel the show yeah it's over <laughs> oh man anyway uh good beers this week and i think it's time for closing time as always, you can find us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. May also bump into us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally or if you see my username on Arena, it's Zulberg, Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Arena, Twitter, and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best place to find me is on our Discord channel. I go by Regular Jeff on there. And again, you should be able to find... 
the link for that in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and leave us a review there. We're on YouTube and all the other places. Uh, your support is very helpful, and we love to talk to everyone. So, yeah, give us, uh, give us any feedback that you have, because we'll take it. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that Zach was right. The Brothers War is not a busted set. Good night. All right, that's fine.